We'll be looking at a portion of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17. And one of the things that's very important for a community of believers, for individuals, for families, for any of us who, are calling, who call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ is precisely to understand and try to grow in faith. The disciples themselves in many occasions ask Jesus, Lord, will you help us to grow in faith? And the article that I wrote for this month's newsletter talks about three kinds of faith. Well, I'm going to be talking here about two of those kinds and, and what actually happens with God's faith and the faith that you and I have. Let's look at Matthew chapter 17. In, in, in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the story appears to be found in the same, in the same place right after the transfiguration. Meaning right after uh, uh, Peter and, and James had seen the Lord become glorified, uh, they come down from the mountain, they come down from that hill, and they have this encounter. So when they came to the crowd, says the gospel, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on me, he said. He has seizures Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I Put up with you. Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of the boy. And he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked him, Lord, uh, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, uh, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you that if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to, and, and go anywhere, and, we, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. The word of the Lord. One of the biggest struggles that the disciples actually had when they were with Jesus and that Jesus had with the disciples was the lack of faith. Jesus was constantly showing the disciples a different way of thinking, a different way of behaving, a different way of looking at life that was based on God's faith, looking at life through God's perspective. However, the disciples and the people like us today that is very difficult because we are not used to see life through God's perspective. That is just not the way things happen. We have grown almost old, not me yet, but we're getting there. Accustomed to a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of living that gives us a certain comfort, a certain assurance 
but does not satisfy the deepest areas of our soul. Yet we are comfortable there. You see, several times Jesus was encountered with this issue of lack of faith in the disciples. Several times. He would say them faithless and corrupt people. Or he would call them in the classic ye of little faith. Jesus finds human beings not to be able to believe him. He finds individuals, excuse me, who are willing and who are easier to believe in God. They find that easier to believe in God whom they don't see, but they don't believe God who God has shown. See what I'm getting? You see, Abraham, the father of faith, the scripture says, his faith was counted because he believed God. And I'm going to suggest that there is a big difference between believing in God and believing God. There's a big difference. So constantly, Jesus is encountering people that don't have the faith that they should have from his perspective. Because whenever the disciples are not really matching up, he says, oh, ye of little faith. And he even says harsher words. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? I don't know if this was one of Jesus' best day. But he was feeling frustrated. He was feeling sick of it up to here, perhaps. And then the amazing thing is that instead of, of being the teacher that he typically is, he, he tells the guy, bring that boy over here. And the boy is brought to him and he's healed and that's it. But in private, the disciples, hey, Jesus, uh, Jesus, um, we were able to do other stuff. When you sent us, we were able to heal some people. We were able to, to allow, you know, to have some people be, get up and walk. But this one, we couldn't do it. And he replies, because you have very little faith. Now, I'm going to suggest that that Jesus did find people with faith in the land. Because he did say several times, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. And at one time to a Roman centurion, he said to the people of Israel, I have not found faith such as this, even among Israel. So there is something that is called our faith. And there is something that is called God's faith. Now, our kind of faith... The faith that you and I can muster, I, I like to illustrate it in, in the very easiest way, which is the way that, that, how many of you got here in a car today? How many of you press your foot on the brakes? How many of you didn't have to pump like I used to? And there's a couple here that are laughing about that. They fixed my car while I was out. Thank you. You see? But, but yeah, you, you just don't even think about it. Is automatic. You shift from this foot, it goes to that one, and you press down, and you hope 
that that thing's going to stop before you get to that intersection. So that's human faith. That's the kind of faith that due to past experience, we know that the sun is going to rise when? In the morning and set when? Well, that depends where you live. You live in Alaska, that's another story about that. But, but for us normally here, you know, it, it rises up in the morning and sets up in the evening. It rises up from which side? From the north. No. Always? Are you sure? It does it every morning. Praise God. God is faithful. You see? But that's the faith that we have. You see, our faith is messed up also. Because it is a faith that's corrupted, and Jesus called it corrupted, and Jesus called it weak and little. You see, our faith is weak because it is dependent upon us. It is weak because we can't ultimately control everything. Our faith can also be described as shallow because it doesn't provide for spirituality. It just provides for the next moment. And it doesn't satisfy our souls. Our faith is limited because it is controlled by our fears, by our doubts, by our checkbook, by our limitations, by however many languages we don't speak, by however many attitudes we don't want to have. You see, our faith is corrupt and it's insufficient. Calvin would agree, Pink would agree, and the great theologians would agree that our faith is just not what it was intended to be. There are moments that we even surprise ourselves with great faith as we go through life. But generally speaking, it is, our faith is self-centered, it is selfish, it is driven by fear and doubt. Therefore, our faith is weak and it doesn't go beyond our ceiling. Our faith is about ourselves, it's about what we can do, what we want, what we need, what stuff, wealth, and false superiority. But you know what? That's the faith that God gave us. That's what we got to work with. That is our faith. Perhaps what I'm listening today, uh, the Lord inviting us, is that, that this morning you realize how different is our faith than God's kind of faith. And by realizing the difference between our weak and insufficient faith, we can then embrace God's powerful, assuring, and vision-giving faith and making it ours. Then our faith will change according to what it was supposed to be. You see? God's kind of faith is vision building, is vision making. When God spoke to Abraham, God spoke to Abraham about a land, about a people, about an, a descendancy. And without any GPS, he went out from Ur and into the adventure with God. It is the faith that opens new doors. It is the faith that makes way in the desert and makes the desert bloom. It is the faith that allows for young people to be foolish enough to obey God and deny other gods and be thrown into the fire. It is the faith that allows people to walk through dry land in the midst of mountains full of water. It is the faith 
that moved Gideon to fight the Midianites with only 300 faithful servants. God's kind of faith gives vision. You see, Jesus opened the eyes, healed the lame, brought good news to the poor, and gave redemption to everyone that heard his voice. Jesus gave new vision, new spirit, new way, new chances for people who were downtrodden in their lack of faith, their little faith. He gave them a new faith that built vision and future. God's kind of faith also is powerful. It is defined. God's faith is powerful. God's faith is the substance. Right? Can any of you know the definition by memory? Oh, my gosh. Let me have that thing. There it is. Can we say it? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that word substance is very freaky. I don't know what that means. Could be water, it could be coke, it could be a lemonade. But other translation says the following. Faith is the assurance. That's our Spanish one, right? <laughs> faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see? <coughs> Excuse me. That is why our human faith is limited. Because it is limited to our own power, to our own perspective, to our own limitedness. Let's say that. So God's faith is powerful. It go, it's so powerful it goes beyond reason. You see, it frees Israel from oppression of the Egyptians, moved Joshua into Jericho, it moved Gideon against the Medanites, it had David kill a giant, it had people conquer a promised land. It empowered Jesus to heal, to resuscitate, to walk on waters. It even inspired others to walk on water with Jesus. I would have loved to have been there. How many of you would have really liked to walk on water? Let me see. Let me see hands. How many of you would really like to walk on water? Let me see. Now, hey, if the Lord tells you, hey, come, come. Uh, I hope it's frozen. <laughs> but the first thing in this gospel sounds almost cliche-ish. Let me see the hands again. Those who want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And that's another decision. Okay. But this faith that Jesus gives us, it empowers people to do amazing things. It empowered Jesus to not only do the wonderful things, but it empowered Jesus to go through the suffering, go through the loneliness, go through the sacrifice of him dying for us. As we said, it empowered his disciples to walk on water, to heal and feed the multitude to have a movement that changed the world. For you and for me, this kind of faith should open our eyes to God's reality, to God's intentions in our community, that not to just come here on Sundays and do our thing, but how else can we be changing the world out there? How else can our lives be relevant? How else can the life of a widow, of a widower, 
be significant to God, of a retiree, of somebody who's just out of the hospital? How can my life be significant in the eyes of God, in the hands of God, in the power of God? God is preparing Ladder Hope as a community of faith. Not a community of religion that relies on the rituals and, and the things that we like about Christianity, our kind of Christianity. But we go beyond that. We go beyond and see what is it that God wants us to do in our community. So not only does God kind of faith and provides vision and power, but God's kind of faith provides assurance, provides confidence, provides the word. Can we hear the word assurance? Assurance provides confidence so that if you're facing death, and, and I did that twice in the last two weeks. Every time I get into the airplane. I don't think about it. But I remember the news. You have to trust. Not the pilot. <laughs> they can have mental, mental illness too. Who knew? Not the engine. I had a friend who worked in, in, in heavy equipment at the airport, and Caroline, he told me that whenever a, 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 a truck backed up into a fuselage and made a hole in the airplane, you know how they fixed it? What's that metallic tape that fixes everything? <laughs> Duct tape until they got to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that you were flying with duct tape, uh, 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 aluminum tubes? At 400 miles an hour? Enjoying a little sip of champagne. Not. But the faith that God gives us is the kind of faith that will move you from your settlement, from your comfortable zone, to something radical and different. It's true. Otherwise, you're not responding to the right call of God. Or... You and God have an arrangement, which is possible. It's possible. But God's kind of faith is the faith that changes everything. You see, it's the faith that we don't hope for, but we know that God is going to do it. You see, at times Jesus did not find a high quality of faith within individuals. The centurion was one of the exceptions. But God is inviting you and I today to realize how different is our faith than God's faith. That when we are dealing with death, we don't have to say, maybe, just maybe, the Lord will have mercy on me. No. Thank God that God will have mercy on me. It gives you that assurance. It gives you that trustworthiness. It gives you that confidence that God will do whatever God has promised to do because it is not based on our fickle character but on God's stable character and God's word. What God is inviting you this morning to realize how different our faith is than God's kind of faith and to seek God's faith in your lives. When your faith becomes like God's faith, you are assured you're empowered, and you receive a new vision, not only for your life, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for yourself, for your church, 
for your community. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this hour. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your kind of faith that encourages us, that builds us, that sends us into a new way of vision, living, that empowers us and assures us that you are with us and we are with you. We thank you for that faith. And we send that faith at this moment to all those sisters and brothers from our congregation and our families who are ailing, who are sick, who are in hospitals, who are in rehab, who are just at home needing your touch. Through Christ, we send it through Jesus Christ. We ask not only for them, but we also ask for our community, for the children who will be coming to the camp, for the teachers, for all those volunteers and workers who will be giving of their time to build your kingdom in the life of children that are coming to our community. Bless that effort, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, also for those who are here. Bless each person here today. Open their eyes that they may see beyond their reach of faith, that they may see through your faith the limitless life given grace that you have for us, O oh Lord. We thank you. 